0: From the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide and Archd Radio and Podcasting, this is the Parishes of Adelaide podcast for Wednesday the 13th of May. I'm your host, James Meston. <music> this new podcast is one of the ways that as an archdiocese of many parishes, we can stay connected during this time when we are disconnected in a lot of ways. Every Wednesday, we'll be releasing a new episode that will feature the gospel reading and reflection for the coming Sunday, and conversations with different parishes to see how they are staying connected with their congregations at the moment. Today, we'll be spending time at the Croydon Park Parish. We'll begin though with a pastoral message for all Catholics in the Archdiocese. This week from our Vicar General, Father Philip Marshall.
1: What I wanted to share today is uh, is quite personal to me. And, uh, but also important, and I, I can't quite explain why I want to share it, other than to say it has to do with you know how we, how we manage through hard times. But I think also because this morning, as I was praying, this came to me as you know, the thing to be said. So it's a story uh, that happened to me when I was in my mid twenties, in my fourth year of uh, training to be a priest, and I, I virtually woke up one day and I had lost all faith in God, which was. Uh, awkward and uh, incredibly painful and that lasted a long time more than a year so you can imagine that that was quite difficult um, praying without a sense of faith uh, attending seminary things lessons and prayer uh, and, and feeling it was fruitless uh, I remember early in this period of my life, I had a dream that I was in a small, empty room and the floor just swung away and I just fell out into nothing. And that's what it felt like. And then for the rest of that year and more, I'd pray uh, and I'd have a sense of being under a dark, black sky, no light, no stars, nothing. And in, in a dark and empty world, holding up a little bowl, uh, a wooden carved bowl, saying to God, if you're there, please put something in it. Uh, in this bowl and and nothing ever appeared. So it was a terrible year and you can imagine there was a lot to be said about it. But I'm going to fast forward now to the end uh, of of this period of time when um, after struggling and longing and feeling totally lost, it happened. I was supported a lot through that time by uh, somebody many people would know, Charles Gauchy, now Bishop of Darwin. It's good to have a friend in hard times. Anyway, we were together down at... uh, Uh, a coastal little town uh, and uh, I woke up no I had a dream and another dream it was a very odd dream and I won't I'll spare you the details but it was quite funny Uh, and I I felt a bubble of laughter kind of begin to rise from within and it burst out into, into laughter while I was still asleep and it was probably some 13 months of, of agonizing emptiness, really. Though I woke up that morning and almost instantly I, I realized that I'd, I'd recovered my faith in God, or at least I believed in God again. But just sort of three quick reflections about that. One is that in time I realized I had not lost my faith in God. I'd, I'd lost belief in what I thought God was, the image that I had of God. She, on reflection, realised that all through that time I was being led and drawn. My longing was itself a real prayer. And St Augustine says that, But it's our longing, our desire is the prayer. But also there was a continuous thread through all that time that was, I now look back and say, uh, see was the Spirit of God leading me. A second little reflection, though, is that it was a very powerful. What, what emerged from that? You see, I don't have the words for, but it's the heart of the whole story, which is I began to, to, to recognize a God for whom I haven't got words. It was, oh, I don't know how to say this, uh, uh, as gentle as a, as a breath uh, and yet infinitely tender Um deep as the sea and creation, but sparkling sort of crystal pure. These words aren't quite right. It's just a sense of dimension, of warmth, of grace, of I never knew what God was like, you know, Uh, so my belief was something entirely new. On the other hand, I recognise now that that image of God is also infinitely short of the reality, but it was probably closer than the way I had before. Uh, then out of that, I also need to say that as I, since that time, like it didn't make me better in a sense, uh, in that I've I've you know looked back on so many infidelities and failures and, and things of which I feel sad or shame about. But so it didn't make me you know a perfect person. But I, my but I lived within a different world of grace, a different world of divine presence and love. And, and the other thing I've discovered is that it doesn't just happen once. It made some sense to me of all the language of death and resurrection. Sometimes what we think is God has to die so that a, a deeper sense might emerge. Sometimes what we know and hang on to has to be removed from us. And it's an agonising, painful space while we wait. And yet something new will come. Uh, I think that's the heart of gospel life. And that never stops. It's never stopped for me. Wherever I am along the journey, I know there'll be another moment of loss or change or or bewilderment. But now not so much despair, pain, but I, I wait in kind of longing and hope and trust for whatever will emerge. So th- those are the things that, that that's you know, a very quick potted account of that moment in my life. But I, I think I think of it in these times that we are in times of loss, times of darkness, times of uh, uncertainty there is a depth of grace and divine love that holds us. And that sometimes what we lose is what we need to let go in order for something more wonderful to happen. And, but the process is painful. And it doesn't just transform us into saints, but it, it makes us truer. And it leads us along the journey toward a God who is already totally present to us, loves us beyond measure, cannot wait to, to receive us into the divine heart. So let's just keep on the journey. Love each other, keep our hearts open, recognize loss for all the painful truth it is, but but wait with patient and trustful hope for what God will bring about in us.
0: To read this week's Gospel, we have Father Charles Lucardi, Parish Priest for Croydon Park Parish.
2: Okay, we'll start. uh, And uh, I'll start maybe by the sign of the cross, just to ask for the blessing of God this morning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So I'm reading uh, the... Gospel of the sixth Sunday of Easter. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I shall ask the Father, and will give you another advocate, to be with you forever, that spirit of truth, whom the world can never receive since it neither sees nor knows him but you know him because he is with you he is in you i will not let you leave you orphans i'll come back to you in a short time the world will no longer see me but you will see me because i live and you will live on that day you will understand that i am in the father and you in me and i in you anybody who receives my commandments and keeps them will be the one who loves me and anybody who loves me will be loved by my father i shall love him and show myself to him the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ So welcome maybe to the sharing of this uh, passage from uh, the Gospel of uh, John. In this passage, uh, about three lessons that uh, Jesus is offering on love. And these three lessons too, is like preparing us for the coming of the Holy Spirit at uh, Pentecost. And they even go a long way to describing the normal Christian life. You know, it's very interesting, uh, James, that uh, many of us Christians look at uh, the Christian faith as uh, a set of uh, rules to keep or to follow, than a love that transforms. That is the challenging part of us, that many, many, many of us, that's how we look at it. We look at the Christian faith as just a set of rules that we need to keep, we need to follow. We don't go beyond to see it as a love that transforms. I'll come to that later when I'm trying to expound on that. But then what are these three lessons? What are these three stages of love that Jesus is offering us? The first one is the the power of love. And the second one is the person of love. And the third one, is the proof of love. We might not be able to go through all the three of them, but I'll pick on the first one, the power of love, because it is very connected with this first uh, verse, the verse 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We need to be careful on how we perceive this uh, statement or verse. Because it is very easy to think that the the verse is telling us, if you love me, prove it by keeping my commandments. You getting that, James? eh? Because you see, Jesus is saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. We need to be very careful. What are we getting out of that? Because it is very easy to make this mistake, to think that verse is saying, if you love me, Prove it by keeping my commandments. If we do that, we shall be reducing that verse or we shall be reducing that text and the whole Christian faith to a kind of a moral principle or maxim. What do I mean? We shall be reducing it to the sense of saying, Do good, avoid evil, and thus prove you love God. If that is the way we are understanding it, we are missing the point. Because now it becomes like loving God is a human, is a kind of a human achievement. But, but that is very wrong. Loving God is not a human work. It is not a human work or a human achievement, but rather a gift of God. So if that is our understanding, if that is our understanding, we can uh, read this verse... This way, if you love me, you will, by this love I have given you, keep my commandments. If we see loving God as a gift of God, therefore we can look at this uh, verse differently in the sense of saying, if you love me, you will, by this love I have given you, keep my commandments. And thus, keeping of the commandment is the fruit of love, but not the cause of it. You're following, huh? Mm-hmm. And then, when we look at it, then if love is received and experienced, then we begin by that power of love, keep the commandments. I'm using so many words, eh? but what I want to say is this, in a single sentence. Loving God is the power by which we keep the commandments. And lastly, anybody who receives my commandments and keeps them will be the one who loves me. And anybody who loves me will be loved by my father. Ah, it brings me to another thing about love. One of the qualities of love is love expands. It expands, you know, it becomes bigger. Let me use an example of where I come from. I come from Kenya and uh, in my country, people still in school, we, the schooling is, uh, is, we have the boarding where you go for tuition and you stay there for about three months. So in the village where I came in high school, there was this girl that I loved very much. She was beautiful. I loved her very much. But when uh, we go to school, we go to different schools, neighboring, but different schools because we have a girls boarding school and a boys boarding school. So that means that a whole semester, we shall not be meeting. But occasionally we would meet when it is sports time. We go for sports or maybe there is uh, some kind of drama or debate. The neighboring schools will come together and that was an opportunity for me to meet her. And then when we were there, the teachers will go through maybe the debate or the sports and uh, before we go back to our schools, they would like us to socialize. And uh, one of the uh, things that we used to like very much is dancing. So they would go put for us some music and then we dance. There is something very unique about this girl. There is a particular kind of a dance she loved very much. I don't know what you call it here, but uh, in uh, Swahili is... Ngoma Yamraba, Ngoma Yamraba, whether you have a name in English but I'll try. What sort of dance is it? Yeah yeah it is girls are on one side, boys are on this side and then what you do you dance with one girl and and then you move to the next one and then you move to the next one and then you move to the next one so, so you don't you don't just dance with one girl up to the end. So I come like this, I dance with Paula, and then after that one, I move to another one, and then I go to another one. I think there's a name.
0: It's a bit like square dancing, but not. But that's like a country thing. You know? Yeah, okay. yeah, but yeah. I, I think that is what. You I know. can't imagine doing uh, country line dancing in Kenya. It just doesn't look sound right.
2: Yeah. So, so I think <laughs> I t- tend to think they might be nearly the same. Right. Thing. The square, the same square thing. dance. Yeah. You know, you move and you dance with the next one. She loved that dancing very much, but I didn't like it because I was a bit selfish because I didn't want my girl to be held by somebody else. But because she loved the music so much, I started learning to love the dance to the point where I really, every time now, I loved the dance very much because she loved the dance, and I love her very much, I started loving what she loves. Now look at this, God loves us. God loves what he has created. Therefore, if we love God, we shall love what God loves. Love expands.
0: I used to be a part, you know, you've you've moved around from parish to parish and I remember always, and I've missed seeing your homilies so much because they're so incredibly interactive in that way, you know. And I feel so privileged that I've been able to kind of like sit here and almost have like a sort of small audience version of it. And the thing that I really have just been thinking about during this whole podcast is this is such a great opportunity as we go forward because people are going to have the chance to hear homilies and reflections from a whole bunch of different priests and most of the time people would only hear one maybe two at the most generally to actually hear different perspectives on the gospel week by week is going to be really rich so i thank you for that father charles that was wonderful and
2: uh, thank you very much also for having me and having us uh this uh, morning yeah that was great and we were looking toward,
0: toward we to a tweet of the excitement sharing what we have oh no i'm very excited so um if we could start, so Paula, you're here, you're the parish secretary, is that right? Mm-hmm. So this has been, to say this has been a unique time is like a real understatement really. How has like parish life for you changed in the last like a month or two?
3: Obviously the biggest change for us is that we don't get to see our parishioners all the time and the masses have stopped for them, which is something that most of them have well, all of them have never experienced so it's left a big hole and we're trying our best to try and keep everyone connected and fill that hole um and how
0: are you doing that like what are the things that you've started doing to try to to make that to fill that hole
3: yeah so first of all uh, my Workmate Catherine, she's our pastoral carer. She um, she compiled like a list of all different online resources that people could view mass online or prayers or you know weekly reflections. So um, we've placed them in our newsletter. We're still producing our newsletter, and um, we had um, our prisoner Wayne um, set up a email system for us and we compiled as many emails as we could from different databases we had so that we can send that out to everyone try and reach as many people as possible and keep them up to date with our um news so um our newsletter has changed a little bit um, to include more the readings, and we're now putting Father Charles's homily in there, and the intercessions for Sunday, and um, a list of all the sort of online resources people can access um, to try and keep them in touch, and so that reaches many people, but it doesn't reach everyone because obviously mm. there's not everyone's online. So we've also tried to we made like a list of people, we could, some people we could think of that. Um, aren't in that boat and made some phone calls just to touch base with people and make sure they're okay and if they need anything, let them know that, you know, they could contact us, we're happy to help or put them in touch with someone who could help. Um, and then also we hand-delivering um newsletters in English and Italian and Vietnamese to some of those people that have no online access so that they can still have the paper version and read along. And
0: So it sounds like you're busy.
3: Yeah, we are very busy. <laughs> but
0: busy in a completely different kind of way. Yeah,
3: that's right. So
0: it's shifting energies from one to the other. We've got Father Long here as well um, as part of, you work primarily with the, the Vietnamese community, I would say primarily with, I mean, you, you're here with the parishes, Priest, um, but do you find that your energies are more dedicated to working with the Vietnamese community more? I' been working
4: with the Vietnamese community at the present moment. That you know, at this time of uh, pandemic, that we struggling because the Vietnamese, you know, the mass is very important for them. Yeah, very, very important. So suddenly, you know, that being, you know, locked down and shut the people. Of the church, mm. and the people keep coming asking when we open the church. At the present moment, I just do the uh, pre-recorded the mass on Saturday, and then after I check all everything, and then we put on the YouTube. Yeah, but that, as I mentioned that the, with the Vietnamese, the mass is very important. Besides, that's the other sacrament: confession mm. and also praying. I also help them to create. The sacred space for the people, so that they can gather together. That opportunity for them, for the Vietnamese, we used to have tea, lunch, and pray, night pray together in the family. But now it seems you know gradually disappear. So this time of the moment, that the time for the people gather together. So I helped them to create the sacred space in the family, and also that this, that space. They can prepare themselves to see the mass. Mm-hmm. And also that, they, that sacred space help them
0: together, pray
4: together with the family.
0: Right. And this would be something that would be, if we hadn't walked into this scenario, the yeah. creation of that space, this wouldn't be a thing, would it? Like this mm-hmm. is something that's developed out of yeah, that. So now that they've got that space in their home, yeah. that's actually... That's something quite special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. the things, Father Charles, have changed a bit this week. We've seen a bit of a change in what's, what people are allowed. People are allowed to come into churches now for private prayer. Is that right?
2: Yeah, there is something of that communication. The only thing that we can't have, a, like, a, a group for Mass, it's still, the Mass is still private yeah. for the priest. So we have not been, but they can uh, occasionally, something which is uh, like a funeral, mm-hmm. if there is a baptism with the number that uh, has been uh, uh, given. Eh? Mm. So that one is still there. Even now, as we are speaking, there is a uh, funeral going on. Yeah, in the, right. In the church at the moment. And uh, funeral mass. And uh, the number, as far as we know, is 20. Okay. Not more than uh, 20. And also in our church, we have tried to create so that there is that space.
3: Yeah, we just, we roped off every second pew uh, for now. So that, um, yeah. <laughs> just to keep the social distance between people yeah for th- for the funeral that's we've got one today and one tomorrow mm. yeah.
0: but- there's a lot of limitations that have kind of been imposed with so much has had to change but maybe i could ask what has been some has there been any unexpected benefits things that you would not have predicted that's happened that has breathed more life into the parish community in a really unexpected way
2: Maybe on my part, I would say that I tend to think there is uh, an, a new way of doing things. I see a sense of a little bit of a caring. People are really being uh, sensitive, taking care of each other. Mm. And I've seen that one. I've received also a number of calls from uh, our parishioners. I just want to find out how I am uh, going, mm. which previously was not there. We used to meet only on Sundays, but these yeah. times I can see an email coming in and saying, Father, how are we coping up with, um, with this uh, situation? And how are you coping? Oh, yes, yeah, we share that. I say, okay, we, we are in this uh, together, and uh, it's not easy, but, uh, but we are getting there. And then uh, I've seen uh, the other thing which I've seen is uh, there is uh, people trying to help. Yeah. Like last week, uh, we made an appeal uh, through the Venice uh, because the Venice was struggling, their banks were drying up. But I was speaking to Sister Catherine and she, st- she told me that uh, the response has been very, 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 very good. Eh? People just came out and uh, they have really, really bought a lot of food, non-perishable food. Some have sent in some money to go and help those who are actually be- affected so much with this uh, pandemic. So I can see, you can see the uh, the humanity in uh, in people, when they find like it is all of us, and therefore we can be able to support uh, support yeah. each other, I- in that sense, that's one of the things that I've found a little bit. I- I'm happy about it when I see that people are really caring for each other, yeah. and they become in you know, very practical ways.
0: Paula, have you seen anything that that in that same light, the unexpected things, but things that you would say we it would be good if we could actually incorporate this more into parish life going forward into the future? We would never have encountered it if it hadn't been for this, mm. but we definitely will continue to do this as we as we go forward from what you've seen.
3: Yeah, well, um, you know, prior to this, we didn't have um a lot of online. So now we have a Facebook page and we have a website. So that's um, enabled us to reach out to... Also people that maybe weren't as connected before with the church, they've sort of, you know, liked the page and now they get little things like um, popping up a couple of times a day.
0: So you've got that and a a whole bunch of other things. You've got the the live streaming and you were saying, Paula, the other day there was a slight issue using.
3: Yes. Mm Because this
0: is the thing too, we're all using new technologies that we wouldn't ordinarily use. and It's got to be like, oh, we can't spend like a month working it all out or a lot of time working it all out. We've got to like get it on the go and just run with it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, some microphone issues that you were having um, yes. that you only found out. I think you said your husband, well, like what, what was it that he
3: was <laughs> he texting was, in? He was texting me during Mass to let me know there was a technical problem and that, that you know, there was feedback and they couldn't hear properly. So we were trying desperately to <laughs> fix it you know, while Mass was going. But, yeah, different ways of communicating and all that. But something else I was going to say that I found personally in my family um, because there's no sports and I've got two boys and a girl and the boys both play soccer my husband coaches and my daughter Does dance so with all of that stopping, yeah, and more family time. Now we now find ourselves sitting around the dinner table, having a meal every night, saying grace before we eat, and you know, creating that prayer space in our home. And I think a lot of people have started to do that, and I think that's something really great that's come out of this. Like you were saying before, that that sort of home-based people being mm. the church and hopefully that continues as well
2: we need also to be looking at this pandemic in a, in a positive way beyond just the the unfortunate things eh? but it has also created some positive things like the family coming together Yeah. and uh, you know we have been uh, so much you know very busy running up and down and we never stop and that has been uh, always the routine we are always in a hurry we are always out there mm. but we never remembered that you know something can happen like this and then we have to retreat back and mainly yeah. to the family so we need to see like it continues taking the seeing that actually the family coming together is a very important thing and it should be it should continue not that when we get out of this again and then we run away and nobody is really interested in it. and then lastly for me i think the charge has to embrace IT technology. Yeah. Now we are getting to a point now, we you know it has taken us long to get where we are at the moment. Well, because yet- it
0: hasn't been necessary. Well inverted commas necessary yeah. because we've seen you know the things will still work in the same way that we've always done it but mm. um what this experience i think has shown us um and what you to what you're saying father charles has shown us that we can't be like that anymore mm. we we have to embrace these new things sure, sure sure it's been wonderful being here with you guys thank you so much for taking the time to spend the time with the parishes of adelaide podcast today before we go though i would really love um each of you um to if there's a message that you'd like to give to the other parishes and other parishioners all around the Archdiocese of Adelaide? Wonderful for us to be here
4: and to be part of this program and then as can share with the uh, other parishes. I think that one of the come out on this time that I think this is the first time in Archdiocese we have this sort of the uh, meeting gathered together and share the life of the parish. And also that, you know, important to learn uh, Others, parishes know what other parishes beyond our parish yeah. know what doing so that we can share we can join we can get together and then we make it and learn from each other to help us to do better mm. how we can contact with parishioners yeah. how we can transmit our faith the love of God and the love for ourselves particularly in the difficult time for other people. So that, I think, that's very, very important. So just engage, join, and learn from each other, particularly at the time. We need to know, we need to learn, and we need to share our faith to the others. That's what And
0: while I've got this wonderful opportunity to have you here, Father Long, could you possibly um, give a message to the um, Vietnamese Catholics of our Diocese okay. community, please?
4: À, kính thưa ông bà và anh chị em Cái buổi họp hôm nay rất là quan trọng Đối với tôi đối với lại, và giáo sứ của Croydon Park Đây là dịp để chúng ta chia sẻ Tất cả những à, điều mà chúng ta học hỏi được Những điều mà chúng ta cố gắng Để chia sẻ cái niềm tin và cái đức tin Của người công giáo của chúng ta Đây cũng là dịp để cho gia đình Nhớ lại những cái lúc mà chúng ta cần phải gặp gỡ nhau trong Chúa Đó là qua sự cầu nguyện Tháng 5 là tháng của Đức Mẹ Tháng 5 là tháng chúng ta chia sẻ Kinh Minh Côi với lại gia đình, với lại bạn hiểu Tháng 5 cũng là tháng để chúng ta cầu xin Đức Mẹ cầu bầu với Thiên Chúa Để đưa chúng ta ra khỏi cái đại dịch ngày hôm nay Và đây là, cũng là dịp để chúng ta học hỏi, chia sẻ Đức tin của chúng ta là người Công giáo Là người mà chúng ta đã bỏ đất nước Khi mà đức tin chúng ta không có thể Được thực hiện ở đất nước của chúng ta Một cách tự do như tại nước Úc này Vì thế đây là dịp để tất cả chúng ta người Việt Đặc biệt ở Adelaide này Chúng ta cùng chia sẻ, cùng giữ vững niềm tin
0: Wonderful. Thank you very much, Father Long. Paula, message for the Archdiocesan community.
3: (laughs) With the live streaming and uploading of masses to YouTube, I think that's been a really great thing. And I'm just wondering if maybe in the future when masses do resume, if that might still continue so that we do reach that broader audience and reach out to others and like you were saying then we can also see what other parishes are doing and mm-hmm. we feed off each other and support each other and learn from each other
2: yeah fellow charles uh, mine would be just an appreciation eh? just to give thanks uh, to all uh, the parishes eh? and uh, the work they have been trying to do at this particular moment especially the prayers i can see that uh, actually we are at this moment supported with a lot of uh so many prayers eh? from different uh, parishes across the archdiocese. And I think I really appreciate that that there's a lot going on uh, in these uh, parishes. Eh? And also many people have really devoted their time to try to see how do we try to get connected even what you're trying to do with the uh, radio. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the ways you're trying to, you know, to connect with, the, with the, each other. So we, we also appreciate and we say thank you very much, J- James, and the work you're doing with your team. Eh? Just continue praying for each other. That shows that we trust in God. Eh? So be assured of our prayers at this particular moment and uh, in future. And may God bless you.
0: Parishes of Adelaide is a production of ArchD Radio and Podcasting for the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide. You can subscribe to this podcast and have it delivered to your device every Wednesday as soon as it's released on whatever platform you're listening to it on right now. Music in this episode is from Lee Rosevear, Mike Jacoby and Hyde. If you think there are other people who may enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. And if there are others you know or in your parish who don't have the technology to listen to podcasts on their phone, iPad, computer, or other digital device, we can make CDs of this podcast available. Please contact me by email, that's in the show notes, and we'll work out how to get those to you. Now this week we have something very exciting and new. You can now ring on an automated phone number and record your own message to the Archdiocese for inclusion on the next episode. As this podcast is all about parishes and parishioners of Adelaide, it seems only fitting that we feature all those voices as much as we can. I'll include the number in the podcast show notes too, but if you call 8301 That's 08, I should say, but yeah, 08, 08-8301-6633 and follow the prompts. You can be heard on the next episode of Parishes of Adelaide. It would be great to hear from you. My name is James Meston. I look forward to catching up with you again next Wednesday. See you next week.